It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And yes, this really is your host that has been here since the beginning, even though maybe I don't quite sound like it. Um, I'm still getting over whatever this thing is that I had uh, for the better part of a week now. Uh, I could not do a show on Friday. just felt like absolute garbage <laughs> meant to, to do it for the weekend. But I thought, you know what? We have back-to-back games going on over the weekend. Um, and I had a Fandom Friday segment scheduled. And I thought, why not just wait it out, have the fan who goes by the name of Kyle Sullivan... Uh, who will be on the show momentarily and kind of talk about uh, the weekend that was, uh, not knowing clearly what a weekend it was. Uh, Back-to-back games, incredible performances on both ends, pretty much for the entire five-game road trip, uh, you know, and and I get into it with Kyle. Um, Nobody really thought we would win four of those games. Uh, we came out of this four-game road trip right out of the the All-Star break in the bye week with a five-game road trip. Um, if you were to tell me you're going to go four and one, I would have taken that, and that's exactly what the Avalanche did. Uh, the game against Columbus was a dogfight. That that is a a statement win right there. I feel, um, and I could watch that Nathan McKinnon slap shot over and over and over again, and Full disclosure, I pretty much have. That was an absolute howitzer of a, a slap shot. Um, and something that just makes me insanely jealous. That It's like dunking. Just dunking over somebody. I just want to know what that feels like one time in my life. To take a slap shot like that and, and have the accuracy from that far away. I just want to know what that feels like once in my life. But it's probably never going to happen. Um, just an amazing, amazing game against Columbus. And then to follow it up with, you know, um, it, it's it's almost the St. Valentine's Day season. So the team that we love so much in the Minnesota Wild. Um, and that is exactly, that game went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Uh, just back and forth, uh, fights, lots of hits. Um, but we have to see what the end result is going to be in terms of these injuries. It seemed like... One way after another, Kadri went down. He did come back for a shift, but came right back out and did not return. We definitely have to keep an eye on that. Burkowski went down. He did not come back. Belmar went down, but he did come back. But is that one of those injuries for Belmar where he came back that day and now tomorrow, you know, as he has had time to sleep on it, whatever it was that he got injured for, does that keep him out? So let's hope we don't catch this injury bug again. 
but when you're playing Minnesota, who's been playing better, and they're back in into the thick of things when it comes to the playoff hunt, um, you're going to get a brutal game from them anyway. Um, tack on it having more meaning for them, and and they're going to play the way, the way that they did. And Colorado really doesn't retaliate, with the exception of a couple players, and and they did. Calvert was awesome. Um, you know, he's not going to let anybody do anything to Kale McCarr. So um, we get into that. So I'll kind of save a little bit of the specifics for my conversation with Kyle Sullivan, uh, which we will get into right now. And if you guys want to be featured on this Fandom Friday on a Monday uh, segment, then get a hold of me. Any way you can on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, just search for Avalanche. Or send me an email at LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. Uh, and that's exactly how Kyle got a hold of me. And we've been going back and forth uh, for a few weeks to get him on the show. And uh, it was it was good that we had to postpone because of my very White-esque voice that I have going on right now. But hopefully this will be gone sometime soon and uh i don't have to have be hacking my lungs out because it was bad (laughs) so we will get to uh the fandom friday segment at asterisk on a monday at least for this one anyway with kyle sullivan right now my name is paul stewart a third generation irishman from dorchester mass i made it to the nhl as both a player and a referee I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so welcome back to the show, and although it's Monday, and that's because it's my fault, because I am still feeling a little bit under the weather, we couldn't get to the show on Friday, 
and Kyle, I'm having a pretty flexible schedule, was able to reschedule me multiple times, but we finally have him on the show. It's technically the Fandom Friday segment, and Super Avs fan Kyle Sullivan is joining us today. So, Kyle, how you doing today, man? Doing great, Chris. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, and we've been going back and forth through email for weeks um, over a bunch of things, setting this up, um, kind of just going back and forth about Avalanche in general, and you live and were born and raised in Alabama, correct? That's correct. I live about 20 miles south of Birmingham, Alabama, the sprawling hockey capital of the south. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess the, 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 the simple question is, why the Avalanche? Well, it's one of those things. I'm part of a big family. We had a day where we all picked teams of every league, every sport. And this was right at the Colorado-Quebec like move. And I fell in love with the logo. I was like, let me, I might attach myself to this team right here. And after a couple of games, uh, Joe Sackick, Patrick Waugh, Peter Forsberg, hooked, automatically mm. hooked. Makes and sense. I've followed, I would uh, get online and keep track of their score and write it down. And I would keep track of stats that way back before smartphones. So, <laughs> like, yeah, so, I, um, and, and who does who does people in um, Alabama typically root for when it comes to hockey? Before the Predators, it was basically everybody rode the coattails of the Cup team. Um, okay. When the Predators came around, everybody kind of gravitated towards the Predators. There was a a big Thrashers uh, fan base for a cup of coffee. I mean, the arena wasn't really suited for hockey and everybody kind of just gravitated towards Nashville and with their recent success, you see a lot more predator jerseys and swag around here than ever before, which is good for the game of hockey around here, but uh, some diversity would be great. <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into kind of your history with uh, your abs fandom in a little bit, but I think we wanted to start off by, I guess the one good thing about, uh, me feeling like crap and having to wait until um, the weekend was over to record this was we got to see the current five game road trip in its entirety. And we are literally recording this minutes after the abs just went final over Minnesota and four and one on the road trip. So what are you thinking about that so far? I can give you a solid opinion once we get the injury reports back. I was feeling mm. really good about this five. I was really worried that we'd even make it past 500 in this five-game series. I really didn't think we'd do as well as we did. And we don't know what's going on with Burakovsky and Kadri. I mean, he's my favorite avalanche on the team this year. Mm. And uh, to see him go down, he is he kind of has a – Pierre Edward Belmar role where he's the emotional leader. He does stuff that can't be tracked in the stat column and seeing him go down, that's going to be hard to replace, especially going back home in the stadium series coming up. Mm. I really hope it's not a long-term thing. Yeah. I mean, it's been an injury riddled season and they've been, you know, more than holding their head above water, obviously, but you don't want to see them going back down that path of injuries which seems like daily. 
um, early in the season. Now, I think you're right with the you know, the the first game back from that long break against the Flyers. I don't think people were expecting miracles, so I think you don't give him a pass on that. But um, you know, I think Buffalo and Ottawa were probably you know easy. I don't want to say easy wins, but you kind of expected them to take those games, and the struggles were going to be Columbus and Minnesota because it's in Minnesota and they always play. You know, Minnesota always plays them tough and sometimes dirty, which seemed to be the case tonight. But um, yeah, I mean, I think people would have been happy with a three and two. Not that they would have been happy with a two and three, five game road trip, but four and one. I mean, you cannot be, you can't be upset with that at all. Absolutely not. Especially with, I honestly thought it would be a two and three, uh, Buffalo and Ottawa being our lone two, because you can't, there's not much you could do against Elvis Merzlikens. I mean, he's the hottest goalie I've seen in the league in a while. And the league has kind of taken a um, – it's more of a sexy shooter league instead of those household name goalie kind of leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the first one to do this in a while. And I really thought we'd have problems because we're such an emotional team. If he was shutting the door on us, that we'd let the game get away from us. But – Apparently, we can win games in the third, and we did that against Columbus. <laughs> right. I, I mean, and I don't think many people expected that, but yeah. Not a, not at all. And not only did we win in the third against Columbus, the next day we actually win a physical game, which is something that takes Nate McKinnon out of his element. A lot of the Avalanche players don't like playing those physical games. They like setting up the passes, overpassing to a fault. Mm. But to win a physical game, those are – these last two games, uh, the Wild and Columbus, are two games that made me feel a lot better about the direction of this team, especially going to the playoffs. I totally agree. And I think that Columbus game is something that we might look back on and say, like, wow, like that that woke this team up. Not not that not in the sense of, you know, they're not playing well and they needed like that that win to hang their hat on. But that typically is not the game that they win in the middle of like in the midst of the game I'm watching it thinking like they just don't win these games like the the games that they they don't have in hand um you know going into the third they struggle with and Columbus was shutting them down they were not getting really good looks really good opportunities and for them to come back and win that game like you said they won a game of that style and then a different type of style in the game that they just played against Minnesota and you're like, wow, is this this is more of a, a well-rounded team than we're used to. I think you're just used to them playing this one style, but they can they can play a grind out game like they did against Columbus, and they can play a physical game like they just did against Minnesota. So it's really good being an Avalanche fan, seeing them kind of change their style to who they're playing and get victories in those games. It was really impressive these last two games to see them play. Exactly. It's the thing I was worried about going into the all-star break with this team is we really don't have a necessary identity. Like, you know, Boston Bruins hockey, you could just say it and you can visualize it in your head. You could say the same thing about capitals. Like we're just a bunch of really good scorers right now. There's no identity. And after the uh, lines two through four carried us through the earlier part of this road trip, we had the shooter start shooting in the third period of Columbus, 
and everyone contributes in the physical play against Minnesota. And now I'm really appreciating this hybrid rise to the occasion identity that the team is starting to take where we can actually play like we have success against St. Louis now. And we have an identity where we can match up with these teams. And I feel a lot better than we did going to the All-Star break, to be honest. In in what way with with just the overall play with because I I agree with you w- in terms of goaltending I mean I know it's a short sample size after the All Star game but um, they look completely different in this road trip they they did very yeah. well in this road trip absolutely I I wasn't the biggest Grubauer fan because of the Varlamov I'm tired of Washington backup goalies being our starter <laughs> but with Grubauer. It took a while for him to warm up to me, and after this this little road trip right here, I feel completely confident with either Pavel Francouz or Philip Grubauer in the net. They are both standing up, and we are really, really relying on them a lot more and shoring up the defense to where they can actually play goalie instead of have to play half the defense as well. Yeah, totally agree, man. Um, you know, and standing-wise, they're sitting pretty. 70 points right now, two games in hand against St. Louis. Like you said, the way that they're playing against St. Louis um, has turned the corner. Um, they When do they, they play them? I know they end the season with them, but I don't know if they have – do they play them again before that sometime? I'm trying to – I don't know. Let's yeah, see I think season. that game we end the season is at like 1 o'clock too. It's an early end of the season as well. Is it? Well, I know they got them at least once to end the season, but and I don't know if they have them another time or not. But um, yeah, next game is against the Senators. Let's see, Senators, Capitals, um, and then the outdoor game, and then Lightning. So kind of a, a tough, tough stretch. Not so much with the Kings, but you're you know you're you're bookending that outdoor game with uh, Capitals and then Tampa Bay. So. Um, Yes, yeah, teams you really don't want to put in cruise control going into those games. Right, exactly. So, um, I guess sticking with this season, uh, you you kind of touched on a couple of different things, uh, how they're coming out of the uh, All Star break, how they were going into the All Star break, but overall as a whole, I have to think you're pretty satisfied with how they're playing so far this year. I am absolutely satisfied with the way we're playing. Like. A lot of fans, I don't want them to forget the 16-17 season was not that far away. Yeah, it was, it was terrible, and honestly, did not think we would be in the position we are now with the players we have. And credit Joe Sackick, his off-season acquisitions to shore up lines two through four have paid dividends. I think we have 108 points just off players that weren't on the team last year. Mm. So that has really helped us to have more depth than just the three-headed monster on the front line. Um, Depth, the team, we have an attitude, a vibe. Solid defense, even though we lost Barry. Hale, Graves, I mean, we have a really solid defense when they play. They have their off nights, yeah. But, I mean, I feel confident that this team can actually make a push in the playoffs and mean it instead of, catch a hot hand and fizzle out in the second round. Yeah. And, and I just love what uh, Jared Bednar does with lines. And you mentioned the top line, everybody 
Uh, I think people are coming off of that, you know, calling calling them a one line team from last year, which you know they they pretty much were. But like you said, the moves that they made in the off season and the moves that they make during the season and even in game, like they they did uh, against Minnesota when he moved Landeskog to, I think it was the second line. Um, yeah, I know he dropped I mean, Miko down to the third line, um, middle of the. Yeah, St. Louis. Of the yeah. Oh yeah, well, he again in the but he he started Miko in the third line against St. Louis, and it worked brilliantly. Um, and then against Minnesota, just um, on Sunday night, moved Landeskog, and it wasn't because of the injuries. This was before the injuries, and he immediately scored a goal. So, um, and he, he's a guy that I think needs to kind of get going a little bit here. He's kind of been a little bit non-existent in my opinion. Um. And maybe doing something like that, just giving him, you know, a different, you know, something different to look at rather than just being on that top line. Maybe he's struggling with that top line. I don't know. But um, it, it's changed it up and he did well. Yeah, it's hard to criticize the captain. But with those offseason moves, with having depth, it's not going to hurt us to dismantle that top line a little bit and kind of right. split it if we have to or drop them, shift it around, light a fire under somebody. Like with those moves, it makes it easier to uh, get the juices going a little bit where right. we can put, like, get some uh, chemistry going at least. Right. Now, you said that Nazem Kadri is your favorite player this year? Absolutely. Well, I have this thing. I've, I sit here, I have the NHL TV package. I watch a ton of hockey. Okay. And I love Kadri when he was in Toronto. Okay. And, when he came over, I, it was it was just start the parade. My boy is coming home. But I I love since we lost Cody McLeod, we've lost that gritty player. And he's gritty. He can score. He can pass the puck, and he can do the things away from the puck that are just intangible. He's worth every penny we're we're paying for him right now. But I love Kadri. Death. Yeah, I think I he he's been uh, a, an absolutely solid pickup. I wish he would stay out of the penalty box a little bit more. I, and I and I and I say that you know knowing full well a, a handful of those minutes came from the Ranger fight, um, which was more than warranted. That's uh, you know I'll take those minutes. That's fine. But um, I didn't really, I didn't really, I haven't really seen too many just flat out dumb penalties. But he had a couple of those against Minnesota last night. Was the first time I'm looking at him. I'm like, why did you do that? But that's good. I mean, we're into game fifty something, and and I'm just saying that about him. I don't feel like he's doing these stupid things that you know, like I say that all the time with Zadorov. Zadorov just takes dumb penalties over and over and over again, um, and I'm not seeing that out of Kadri as much as I thought I would. I'll say that. Through this year. Yeah, he's 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 definitely cleaned it up, and uh, Zadorov has stopped taking the dumb ones, and Miko's starting to pick it up. So maybe mm. we can shore up the the penalty problem a little bit because that's not really our strong suit right now is killing those off. But oh my god, no! no yeah, as long as Kadri can stay out of the box, Miko needs to stay out of the box. He's more efficient on the ice than in a box. Yeah, but the, absolutely. The penalties are becoming a slow problem. But as long as we're winning, we're not going to say anything about it. 
Uh, that's the thing, man. You're right. Winning cures all ills, uh, except for my sickness, clearly. But um, <laughs> so we've, we've kind of discussed the, the current team and the current state of Colorado Avalanche hockey. And let's rewind and kind of go back into you kind of touched on why you're an Avalanche fan. Have you been to are, are you able to go to any games? I mean, I don't know if you go, you go to Colorado at all, but do, do they come close enough to you where you can go? buy a ticket and watch them or, or not really? Sadly, I've never been to an NHL game. I know the Avalanche travel to Nashville, I believe, next week or the week after. Okay. So I'm going to see what I can swing there. But we have a extremely minor league hockey team about 15 miles up the road, and I'll go watch their okay. games. Um, they're in the SPHL, the Birmingham Bulls. Uh, they're very low minor league, but it's enough to get my hockey fix. Right. How far of a drive is it to Nashville for you? Ooh, it's about two and a half, three hours, depending on traffic. Oh, that's not bad then. That's not bad. It's but it's it's one of the bucket list things. I really want to go to an Avalanche game. I want it to be in the can in Denver, but mm-hmm. if I have to go see him in Nashville, I'll I'll have to go see him in Nashville. Go, right. All right. Well, I, I I say do it obviously. So maybe in there. That's you think it's in a couple weeks that that game is. Uh, yeah, I believe it's um, – don't quote me on it, but I believe it's next week yeah. we play in Nashville. Okay. All right. Well, go for it, I say. But um, as far as the, the you know, original team and, you know, going back 25-plus years now, what were some of your, like, your favorite guys on, on those older teams? You know, I'm sure, like you said, Sackick and uh, Forsberg and those guys, but – Anybody that you followed that was kind of like your favorite player back in the old old days? It was always Forsberg. It broke my heart when he went to Philly. Um, love Forsberg. Love Patrick Waugh. Um, Joe Sackick was revered to me. Valerie Kaminsky. Um, Adam Foote. A lot of those old guys, like, I teared up a couple of years ago when we had the alumni game against the Red Wings, like, seeing all of them back on the ice again. Um those were my heroes growing up. So yeah. seeing them again was awesome. And we kind of went, oh, I miss Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> I miss Ryan I miss him. Uh, he was he was really good. I miss Cody McLeod, Duchesne. Uh, I can live without him. But, yeah, there's we've had some highs and lows, but nothing can beat those um, late 90s, early 2000s avalanche teams. And maybe this is like sacrilegious. I've never asked this to somebody that's come on the show. Is there anybody that you disliked? Because you seem like a guy that, you know, really loves your team and and anybody that plays wearing the Avalanche logo, like you are going to root for them. Um, is there anybody that you just you would shake your head at and just was, was uh, absolutely. not Absolutely. Okay. Anybody that ever wore a Red Wings or a Minnesota Wild jersey, I do not. Uh, it's We do well, not get it wrong. <laughs> Well, Period. that's for other teams. I'm saying for like the Avalanche. Was anybody that played on the Avalanche that you you would not root for? That you just didn't you couldn't root, find yourself rooting for them? Oh no! You put on the jersey, <laughs> you're you're with us. All right. Yeah, I know some people are like that. that. That's I and I think for the most part, I am. I can't think of anybody that I've really like had disdain for. Maybe they just didn't like the way that they played, but I would still root for them because they're playing on your team. You know. I, I challenge you to find a. Gabriel Bork or Renee Bork fan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that could be a tough one. Um, oh, yeah. 
but but what if, what if what if a guy like you have those guys that um you 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 can't stand unless they're playing for your team um almost like a Claude Lemieux type of player but you know if if uh who, who's the guy the like Kachuk on uh Calgary I, oh, yeah. I if if he came to the Avalanche would you then root for him Absolutely it's all about the sweater <laughs> it's on our side now Okay so could be because you're not taking the brunt of his lunacy exactly uh, okay all right i would struggle with that i really i I, it, <laughs> I don't think i would i would welcome him with open arms he would have to like win me over but it would probably take like a month for him to win me over it's just not you know you need to earn my affection if you're that type of idiotic player for in my it, opinion and it's not like we're we've ever been a franchise to go out and just sign random players unless they can fit in the team yeah, it's we don't we don't go out and get just anybody like we pass on Taylor Hall, and it's not like we just go get the big names and put them on the team. I mean, our the Colorado Eagles. You can look at that roster; they're going to be sprinkled all over the NHL in the next five ten years. Oh man, you're not kidding. Is it, it's scary? It's scary what the the gluttony of riches that they have um, for the foreseeable future. Like this is, the, the, I think we're at the beginning of. What should be, if they handle this correctly, um, a very solid, solid run. Yeah, this could be the new golden era that people point to, and we have the depth to back it up where we really don't have to put our – honestly, I don't see us being buyers at the trade deadline because I really feel like we're in a good spot for years to come. If we don't get the cup this year, I have no doubts for next year. And and I think, and I, and I struggle with that because, you know – Sackick typically is not uh, a buyer. Um, you know, we we, we kind of like sit on the sidelines during the trade market uh, and and the, and the trade deadline. Should they be this year? And I've seen, I mean, you listen to the show; they should, but with caution. Like I I don't want them to to sacrifice any future because they are way ahead of the game on where they are, uh, in, well, with you know, in standing and stuff like that. So. You you don't even have what this team is going to look like in three years playing in the NHL right now. So why give all that up for a possible rental? But on the other side of it, it is about winning Stanley Cups, and the future is not guaranteed. So uh, you know you you anticipate these guys are going to come up um, and play with with the bigs, and it should go. You you're hoping it goes according to plan but it's not guaranteed. So do you pull the trigger on some trade for this year to win a cup? Because in the end, that's all people really want to know. We really want to see. Well, just how is Taylor Hall working for Phoenix right now? If we would have pulled the trigger on that, would honestly, that I, 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 you would have to tell me because I honestly don't really watch a lot of uh, Coyotes games. So I'm guessing by oh. you asking that question, I'm saying it's not going very well for them. No, he's he's found an invisibility cloak. It's uh. all we're like I said earlier, we are a very emotional team and this team has really learned how to work together. And I really feel like Sackett feels that emotion that this team has. I mean, Nate is an extremely emotional leader as is. Right. And if you drop another alpha dog or another another dog in the pond, like would they jive and would this be a problem? I just, and especially with our players on the Eagles, 
even down to the Utah Grizzlies, like we have some really good talent that I don't think we want to get rid of right now with the team as it's built. No, I, I, I don't think they want to. And I think um, if the Avs go on and they, and they don't win the cup this year, I think, you know, being Avs fans, we're in the position of like, okay, but next year's still looking pretty good. And I think exactly. teams that teams that are are trying to get that rental clearly are trying to win right now. And they might be going into the offseason thinking, all right, we don't know what we got next year. We're going to have to get some free agents. We hope we do well in the draft. And the Avalanche aren't saying that. They're saying, like, we have everything here, here being, you know, in Denver and for the Eagles – um, to to win for the future, so they don't they don't have to pull a trigger on something, but will they? I think it'll be they'll be an interesting team to watch come trade deadline. And the, and the teams that are in the top of the standings right now with points will be getting older next year, which is a yeah. problem we're not going to run into for a couple more years. The yeah. Washingtons, the St. Louis's, the Boston's—they're going to age out. Yeah, and we're just getting younger. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right there. So. I always like to get predictions and I know, you know, we're talking to avalanche fans. So uh, what, what do you think will, how the, how will the season end for the Colorado avalanche this year? Conference finals in six. You think they'll lose in the conference finals in six games? Yes. It's going to be a gradual, it's going to be a gradual. uh, It's going to have to be Bennington's going to have to get hot in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and he's going to stand us up. But that's where we're going. That's going to be our banner for next year. We're just going to keep working our way up until next year. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it, it could it could happen. It could easily happen. It could they could easily win the conference finals in six. You have you know it, we don't we don't know. It's still months away. But um, I think most people are expecting the Abs to clearly make the playoffs and and you know make some noise while they're there. I think. As long as we're healthy. Yeah. That asterisk is always there, especially with the way the season's going. So, Um, and finally you being the big avalanche fan, I always like to know any collectible items, any memorabilia that are prized possession of yours hanging in your man cave somewhere. Um, I have four jerseys and a replica. Oh, one ring. Oh yeah. That's uh, that's my prized possession. It sits on a little bed of about twelve avalanche zambonis. But yeah. <laughs> like, what do you like? What are like? They're just like replica zambonis. You said. Yes, many nice. replica zambonis from the years of '96 to I think it goes all the way up to '03-'04. Is that and something like they released every year, almost like those like Hess trucks or something? Honestly, my brother found it one year for Christmas. Right. And he said, and he knows enough about hockey to know that's something that I might like. And he said, Hey, I saw it. It had the logo on it. I got it for you. That's very, so, very cool. Very cool. I have I like the Zamboni with the ring. I Now are you um, like a Broncos fan and stuff like that? Or no, is it just that avalanche for Colorado? Yeah. For Colorado, it's, um, it's just, it's just the avalanche. My okay. allegiances all right. are all over the place because Alabama has no professional teams. They don't do that. I never really even put two and two together with that. They don't have any professional. Wow. I mean, it, well, 
kind of the Crimson Tide are pretty much like professional sports, aren't they? Yeah. No team can thrive here because you cannot compete with college football around here. That's true. Is that why people stay away from it? In all, in all honesty, absolutely, absolutely. Wow, wow. Well, that, so that's much a money whole... is funneled into those college programs that you can't have a success, a successful team around here. I don't think there's many cities in the country that can really say that. Is there? I, I really not off the top of my head. No one. Like, I mean. We've we've tried the little upstart leagues here and there, right. but nothing has been financially viable because everybody's spending their money on Alabama Auburn football or basketball games. That's incredible, man. I never even really thought about how a professional team couldn't thrive there because uh yeah, Alabama has the the lockdown in that area. That's incredible. Wow. Just something that you don't think of when you're not in that area. So Wow. But that's all uh, sports is king here. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It definitely is. But all right, man. Well, that's a conversation we'll have to have on uh, part two of our our conversation next time we have you on. If you want to come back down the road, sometime down oh, the road. Absolutely, my friend. You know how to find me. Yeah, no, we we talk constantly, so we will definitely get you on. Um, I always say we'll get people on closer to the playoffs and kind of see where we're at then. So if you're open to it, absolutely, we'll have you back on again, man. Sounds like a plan. Um, anything you want to plug? Any Twitter page? Any Instagram page? Anything like that? You do All my like social that? media is the same. Um, if yeah. you want to follow me, it's at Shaggy Von Doom. Um, that's me. That's Love my it. hockey name on NHL 20 for the comeback boys. So you can find me there most likely. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, And what do you play yeah. on? What do you play on? PS4. PS4. Good man. All right. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming, you, uh, you coming on. It's been a long time coming because we've been talking about it for weeks. So uh, I'm glad that you finally got on. It was a pleasure and honor, Chris. All right. We will talk to you soon, and we'll be back right after this. All right. So once again, a big thank you to Kyle for coming on for the Fandom Friday segment. And if that's something that you want to do, again, just get a hold of me through any of these social media platforms. Once again, it's on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, uh, just search for Lockdown Avalanche or send me an email to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com and we'll get you scheduled. We'll have you come on and we'll just talk some Avalanche. And, and you know, Kyle being from Alabama, we've had people um, from pretty pretty much all over the, the country. It doesn't have to just be in Colorado. Um for you to be on the show. I, I, I like having people to just show the reach that the the Avalanche have. I think some people think that they are that almost like niche team that uh, they, they, they their fans stay within that state or even that city. But it's not true. They, they have fans all over the country. You just got to find them. Um, and hopefully this is the type of show that brings them out and gives them a voice. So uh, something you want to do. Absolutely, get a hold of me, and we'll get you scheduled. So um, that's going to be it for today, guys. Tomorrow we will preview the Senators and uh, Senators Avalanche game. Avalanche finally are back home, so um, and and getting ready for that outdoor game. And from all accounts and weathermen, is that is going to be a cold contest. 
So, uh, and it doesn't help that entire stadium has metal seating. So if you're going to that game, uh, not only bundle up, but maybe bring some extra blankets to put down so the backsides don't get numb. Because uh, they're, they're saying it's going to be a frigid, frigid night there. So, But we'll see if that changes. I mean, it's still, what, five days away? I Maybe, it's, I don't think it's going to change if it's five days away. I think it's pretty much set. So enjoy the game. And it's just, you know, if the Avalanche lose that game, it's just going to make it that much more colder. So uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. Playing the Kings, we should have a, a pretty solid win there. But, um, yeah, warm up, dress warm, bring all the heat packs you can, and uh, enjoy that game. So we'll talk about that later on. But for now, that's going to be it, and we'll see everybody tomorrow. Hopefully my voice is a little bit better, um, and I'm not coughing as much. So that's going to be it for today, guys. Once again, a big thank you to Kyle. We'll see you tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!